Operator, we have a suspected pipe burst on the system. Twin, which system elements are affected? Water main P32 has lost pressure at location 345. Twin, show me this location on the system. This location is on the main road in the south side of Old Town. Twin, how much water is leaving the system? The water is flowing at 250 litres per second. What is the anticipated impact? Loss of supply at up to 50 properties in 60 to 90 minutes. High risk of additional surface water causing pollution incident at combined sewer overflow location 0772. No immediate risk to people or property in the vicinity. Twin, what are my response options? Recommend water main is isolated at valve C3 at location 343. Access to this point must be made from the northeast as flood water along the main access road is rising by 5 cm per minute. The road will be inaccessible by vehicles in 10 minutes. Twin, notify the emergency response team. Begin the dynamic health and safety risk assessment and send an event alert to the local authority. Welcome to Engineering Matters. I'm Bernadette Ballantyne. Support for this episode comes from Bentley Systems. Bentley Systems is a global leader dedicated to providing architecture, engineering, construction and operations professionals with comprehensive software solutions for advancing infrastructure. Bentley Systems understands that when data is mobilised, people connected and processes supported by appropriate technology, teams are empowered to do what they do best, even better. With open roads and open rail, users can work smarter, save time and effort and, through a connected data environment, gain access to trusted information wherever and whenever they need it, improving decisions and reducing risk. Built on the pedigree and trust earned from more than three decades supporting transportation professionals around the world, Bentley's applications span the entire asset life cycle. So to find out more, visit www.bentley.com. From the move towards online shopping and the rise of Netflix, to 3D printing and virtual reality and logistics, digital transformation is revolutionising life as we know it. In the engineering world, one of the most powerful examples of this is the rise of the digital twin. So a true digital twin means different things to different people. To me, what it means is a complete replicant. So if I had a digital twin of my mobile phone and I cracked the screen, the digital version would crack too. This is Tim Rook, who works for IBM in the industrial product sector. This complete replicant that Tim refers to is not only a virtual representation of the asset, it's enriched with real-time data that's updating the operator on the status and condition of the asset. Or, to explain it another way... A digital twin is the data information of the piece of equipment that's actually out on the plant. So it should be an electronic replica of the plant that's out there so that you know that when you look at your information about that piece of equipment and then go out to the site and look at that piece of equipment, it's exactly the same and you can, you can rely on that. 
As a global account manager for Siemens, Stuart Pearce knows all about digital twins. The company uses the technology extensively for applications in energy and industrial sectors and sees a huge range of advantages. What we're doing is uh, driving value out of the digitalisation process. So it's a way of taking documented information and take it into a data structure so we can get more value out of it and deliver cost reductions and operational improvement. These cost reductions can be delivered throughout the project life. For a new project or facility, creation of a digital twin during the design phase delivers a model that can be used to test the final version of the asset. In practice, this means that the commissioning phase can begin earlier, with operational staff able to work on the virtual model before ground has even been broken. What we do is we do virtual commissioning. So effectively what we do, we have a, an industrial computer that emulates the plant. So before you've actually bought any of the plant, it actually builds the plant in, in the computer. So the control system thinks it's operating a real plant. That means you can test your control logic that you've done in the design phase and make sure it's correct, commission it, iron out all the errors in it, so that when you get to start the plant up, it runs straight away first time without any errors, and it can reduce your commissioning time by between 50 and 80%. At the same time, Stuart says that a recent Siemens project proved that digital twins reduced the operational cost of an industrial processing facility by 50 million over a 10-year period. But to achieve this, data is critical. The sudden increase in data hosting capability of cloud-based solutions has opened up new potential for performance monitoring. Uh, you can start to understand in real great detail how your plant is up, actually running. So if you think about, if you go and look at a piece of equipment today and then maybe next week and then maybe next week after that, you'll see some point information. But if you take hundreds of thousands of data points every week and start to trend them, you get a really clear picture as to how your plant is operating. So then you can start to predict uh, possible failures and take action against them so it becomes planned maintenance as opposed to unplanned maintenance that stops your plant. And, And what we can also do on top of that is start to add artificial intelligence onto that. So we can start to understand various conditions that start to occur and predict what they mean and what they mean to the plant. We can take that information from lots of different clients as well and feed it to the clients so it becomes valuable information and it becomes machine learning. Ultimately, what this means is that asset owners know more than ever before about how their equipment, infrastructure or system is operating. Not only does it make it more efficient, it can extend its operational life. We always often talk about downtime and unplanned maintenance, but we don't often talk about uptime. And uptime is what you believe you can get as a maximum productivity from your plant. If you improve the performance of your plant, you can actually increase the uptime and increase your productivity. So you increase your efficiency and reduce your costs, and it's just better performance for the industry. One of the most revolutionary side effects of the rise of the digital twin is the move towards service provision over simple supply of equipment. This is a move pioneered by Rolls-Royce with its Trent series of intelligent engines. Thanks to digital twin technology, customers can buy the use of Rolls-Royce engines at an hourly rate, leaving the engine manufacturer responsible for the performance, including servicing and parts. Sean Robinson is a software solutions manager for Novatech. 
which works with clients to advise and implement GE Digital's Predix platform for digital twins and asset management. GE has 551,000 digital twins in operation today in energy, oil, gas and manufacturing sectors. Sean says that aviation is leading in terms of sectoral application of digital twins, but other industries are moving fast. So GE's own experience has actually been uh, to move away from selling people aircraft engines and instead to tell, sell them time on wing. Yeah. So if you're flying a particular uh, airline, you're probably flying an airline where the plane is leased from a third-party company, the engines are still owned by GE, yeah. the brand owner, all they do is stick their paint on the outside of the plane, but somewhere, on that pl somewhere around the world in one of a few different RM&D centres, GE is taking a mix of relatively close to real-time feeds off that jet engine and it's taking bigger dumps when that engine's landed and they can extract a fairly sizable chunk of data in a more efficient way and it's running a set of algorithms to make sure that GE is comfortable making the commitment that when that plane is in the air the engine will be fuel efficient and reliable. An important point that Sean makes about digital twins is they don't have to be applied to new equipment and infrastructure. Virtual replicas of existing systems or assets can also be created using existing data Right. So once we get past basic in connectivity and integration of data, then when we look at interoperability, what we're really asking is, can a digital twin, <clears throat> before people look at new build, new systems, new functions, can a digital twin make existing systems work better or deliver the functionality and the business logic they already have more effectively? So for example, um, an explicit alarm in a SCADA system could become the basis to trigger a very particular repair package in a field service system. A digital twin can facilitate that interaction. At a more complex level, a digital twin might combine data from six or seven different uh, external systems, run fancy algorithms on it or orchestrate the running of those fancy algorithms and have the output of that complex mathematics be what drives a business process in a, in a, in a system or, or an application that already exists. But for any company moving into this digital space, cultural change is needed, something that Sean describes as twin thinking. So we always look at that twin, that first one of a category, and, and that whole thinking exercise we recommend people go through. That really is a shift in thinking because it's asking people to think about the business flows and the way that they would interact it if they didn't have to start by worrying about all the technical details and how things communicate and the cost of the telemetry systems and the data and the bandwidth and all that sort of thing. And what we find is that once people begin to think about what they want, in terms of a, an operator's capability or a system user's capability, funnily enough, those definitions typically aren't going to be held back by the nature of the investments they've already made. But what they're so used to hearing is that every effort to be more data-driven feels like a complicated IT project. Yet when you step back and say, well, hang on, you've actually got this data here and that data there and that data there, all you really need the twin to do is to reference and point and say, that's there, that's there. So when this signal comes from here, I'll allow this data to flow there, combine it into that report or that algorithm, and then you've got the output that's needed to support the person's work. And that's why we think of the digital twin as being very much like a traffic cop. This is because the twin is able to access data from a range of sources. And this is an important point. For many industries, particularly those in infrastructure, assets already exist, but digital twins do not. Siemens, for example, work with partner Bentley Systems using a tool called Context Capture to take thousands of images of existing infrastructure, creating 3D models that form the basis of a digital twin. This retrospective application is one of the challenges that Northumbrian Water decided to tackle as part of its 2018 Innovation Festival. The event, held in Newcastle, in the northeast of the UK, brought together over 500 businesses to tackle 13 social and environmental challenges, 
one of which was the potential for use of digital twins in its water business, which is extensive. The company has 32,000 kilometres of sewers in the northeast of England and 16,000 kilometres of water supply pipes, as well as 425 sewage treatment works and 1,000 pumping stations, providing services to 2.7 million people. Northumbrian Water Group also own water provider Essex and Suffolk Water, which has 9,000 kilometres of water pipes, supplying 1.8 million customers in the southeast. I headed over to the Innovation Festival and I met Chris Jones. Uh, Hello, uh, my name is Chris Jones. I'm Research and Development Manager for Northumbrian Water Group. I asked Chris why Northumbrian Water were investigating the use of digital twins. Um, We've seen it as an exciting and emerging new technology and we really wanted to see where we might fit it within the business. Um, So we've got a couple of thoughts about what benefits uh, we might get from digital twins. We might uh, be able to improve our customer or our employee experience, um, perhaps improve training or health and safety. Uh, we also might be able to use it to extend our uh, the life of our pipes and pumps and uh, become more efficient. Uh, and a particularly exciting area is we might be able to use it as a as a way of innovating more more quickly in the in the industry, providing a sort of a safe environment. So uh, you'll appreciate we can't go playing with our actual networks in in real life. So if we can create a digital twin. Uh, it means that we can experiment and try things that we couldn't actually try uh, in the real world. And we can invite partners and, and innovative companies to come and work with us uh, in that environment. As part of the Innovation Week, Northumbrian Water had invited companies like Siemens, Novatech, IBM, Atom Bank, Newcastle University and many others to come and share their digital twin experiences. And I asked Chris what Northumbrian Water had learned from that. Companies like Siemens are, are leading in digital twins in, in factory environments and we see our, our treatment works as factories. We, we run them to the same uh, sort of degrees of, of quality and compliance and so it's very important that we, uh, we have the right assets and the right training and the right commissioning uh, and uh, as was shown in the sprint that we're running, uh, we can uh, we can do all of that in a virtual environment before we uh, put a spade in the ground, uh, before we start designing uh, and, and commissioning new equipment. Uh, and that's a very attractive way. It shows us um, how effective new plant uh, could be uh, and gives us a chance to, to change things before we um, build something. The format of the Innovation Week involved a series of sprints which are used in business to answer critical questions through a five-day process of design, prototyping and testing out ideas. So the idea of a sprint is that you very rapidly uh, go through a design thinking process, you, you try and uh, understand the problem and explore what what might lie at the heart of the problem or opportunity in our case and then you sort of spend some time focusing on where the, the biggest benefits might come from from solving that problem or, or realizing that opportunity and that's really quite important because there's lots of exciting things we could do but we really have to make sure that it's going to deliver a benefit um, somebody has to pay for it and that 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 uh, there has to be a payback, a return on that investment in some form, either improved, as I said, quality of service, um, reduced bills for customers, better environmental performance. Working with engineers and scientists from Newcastle University, Northumbrian Water split its sprint participants into teams who explored the potential for digital twins in six applications. Incident management decision support, business process design and management, optimising plant operation, Field operations support using augmented reality, catchment management and risk mitigation, and options for data and information architecture. 
Selecting the data and information architecture as its own category was an important aspect of the sprint, as the company acknowledged that a lot of the information required for digital twins exists in the business and externally through its network models, financial models, population data and so on. Newcastle University, for example, already have models for how surface water flows through urban environments. But none of this represents the current status of the dynamic water network, and this is where a digital twin, with its real-time sensors giving live contextual data and extensive algorithms that knit together these data sources, can add value. In a water treatment works, for example, much of the running costs are around energy use and chemicals, A digital twin that can give more specific information about how the process is running, what energy and chemical addition is required and identify when maintenance is needed based on performance rather than a prescribed schedule could make operation cheaper and more efficient, something that customers, the water bill payer, would all appreciate. During the sprint, field operation teams were excited about the prospect of virtual reality or augmented reality to assist in their work pointing to the potential for colleagues to interact within the digital twin using virtual reality headsets. This functionality is in its infancy but is growing fast. Software company Atos writes the programmes that enable tools like the Microsoft HoloLens to talk to the digital twin. Tom Liffers is a digital engineer and GIS solutions architect from the Netherlands. Um, So, yeah, it's really, we're really at an starting uh, point um, so we see the first uh, application being used like for um, yeah, complex engineering uh, like an example we have uh, matrix screens above the roads in the Netherlands uh, and most senior experts are in the north um, but sometimes there's something broken in the south and the junior experts which are there cannot figure it out so then they can work together like the juniors having a HoloLens uh, on it um, showing what's going wrong, pointing it out, and the senior can help uh, can help him out. The idea of using virtual reality to bring in expertise that could not access a site was considered within the digital twin sprint. But the application that was advanced furthest was the idea of using a digital twin as an incident management tool. By the end of the innovation week, the teams had connected network models, digital terrain models and surface water hydraulic models, allowing them to simulate the effect of a pipe burst on transport, building and drainage infrastructure. Chris Jones showed me how Newcastle University took its network data with flows and pressures in the system, combined it with their 3D models of the city used for surface water modelling and created a digital twin of a real pipe burst incident that happened just a few weeks ago. So they've taken uh, our network models, so flows and pressures in the, in the network at the time of, of this incident, um, overlaid their, or, and then used their flood um, models of surface water movement model to sort of say, well, if the water comes out, so often the model, simplistic models will just assume that water goes downhill. Yeah. Well, obviously, with the pressure behind it, it doesn't, it can go anywhere. And their model can do that very quickly and it can do sort of surface and network interact. So this incident, we struggled uh, to to um, turn the water off as quickly as we could because of the, the, the depth of water in the environment and the, the fire service, quite rightly, were very cautious about letting people into that water, but that's where we needed to be to revalve the network, to turn it off. Um, so it'd be useful to have that information because then you might be able to plan your approach differently or you would know that a certain valve wasn't accessible so then you would look elsewhere and you have a different, uh, you'd have more insight to be able to manage the, the, the incident. So this was the this was the burst on, uh, at Newburn 
Um, and this was their model of, um, this was after 10 minutes, how far the water went. So you've got quite deep water. This is nearly a metre and a half deep here already. And this was after 20 minutes, so you could see that this is the, the river channel. Now, obviously, it's it's starting empty and it's not empty, but you can search, see the water. So you've got an existing water now. So you've got and an, this is the incoming. Uh, yeah, so this is the, the additional water going into that part of the environment. As Chris says, this model, enriched with actual real-time flow and pressure data from the pipe burst incident, gave much better information about the actual impact of the pipe burst on properties in the city. It demonstrated which roads were accessible and which were not, improving and accelerating the emergency response and narrowing down the most effective management options. Used in real time, this could then be populated with images and information from the scene, crowdsourcing data. What's more, the digital twin could be shared. We could share this with the with the, the local authority and the fire service, so we could say actually, we could we could model this from the moment it went, so that we would know that that was how it was going to evolve. So um, if the, if this is actually get getting into properties, we would know that those were the properties that we would have to evacuate or sandbag or whatever we were going to do. So th this would be useful insight, not just for us managing an incident, but for anyone else. Interestingly, the surface water modelling data from Newcastle University is part of a larger project known as the City Catchment Analysis Tool, or CityCat, developed in response to the great storm event of June 2012, better known locally as the Toon Monsoon. Rain overwhelmed the city, flooding the transport network and closing the roads. Professor of Hydrology and Climate Change Chris Kilsby from the School of Engineering at Newcastle University explained more about the work. The CityCat model was has been developed mostly to look at, at flooding from rainfall events and the interaction with the storm sewer network but because we can model pressurized pipe flows uh, we can also use it for um, for the supply side um, network of, of water so what we've 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 taken the approach here of saying uh, the uh, let's take the Newburn example that was right next to the Newburn bridge if we know where that burst happened, and we did in this, this case, um, and we know what the flow rate was, we can introduce uh, a, a, a stream of water at that exact spot. So this, this model runs on a, uh, on a grid of about a one metre um, resolution across the city. So in the, the one metre grid square where the... Um, where the burst happened, we introduce a, 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 a high flow injecting this water for a, about an hour or so that it, it took um, Northumbrian to close that one, to valve it down. Um, and we've, we can put together maps every, every five minutes for that hour of, of the flooded area and how it spreads. Uh, which roads it closes, how deep the water is on the roads where the water ends up, which houses it affects, which properties and businesses would be affected. Um, so that's a, um, quite a, a, a useful tool. On a more strategic level, the combination of this flooding model that the university created, combined with real-time information, allows the city to create a digital twin that enables modelling of effective flood management solutions that can be fully costed and analysed before being built echoing the advantages explained by Siemens about the power of the digital twin, and this could also be true for future pipe bursts. 
the other thing we can do with this as a digital twin is to look across the whole city and the whole network and test out what would happen if there was a burst in various places that they might, the Northumbrian might be worried about and we could find which areas would cause the, the worst impact if, if there was a burst. So it might be if there's a water main near a, a metro station or a big road junction, uh, this, this would be a particular hotspot to a high risk area for, for a, a burst. Um, so they, we could then pre-prepare in advance plans for shutting these down and dealing with them um, because they, on, on a risk basis these would be the worst ones to, to, to deal with. Alongside creation of this specific digital twin application, for which Chris and his team coined the phrase twincident management, the Sprint also gave Northumbrian Water the ability to develop a high-level digital twin strategy with a roadmap highlighting future needs and options for the business. And this will be the reality for most businesses embarking upon this kind of digital transformation, examining short, medium and long-term opportunities, developing business cases and then creating a roadmap for implementation. In many cases, this implementation will be around digitisation of existing infrastructure and knitting together the multitude of existing data sets. What we're starting to see now is all these different data sets being needed to come together to create greater insight and greater value for, for clients. Um, doing that can be quite a complex process and we use IBM Watson, artificial intelligence and machine learning to do that and it's proving very effective in filling in the gaps and translating some of this. But what is the role of artificial intelligence in this? What it does is looks at all the how things relate to each other and it can apply almost a human view of that and say, OK, I, I recognise this piece of information and it looks like that piece over there, so I can join those two together, whereas standard compute could not make that link. Looking to the future then, digital twins could be the key to maximising the efficiency of infrastructure, both in terms of optimised design for new facilities and operation of existing ones. The trend towards servitisation that's already reshaped aviation is finding its way into other sectors such as energy and industry and the use of artificial intelligence and virtual and augmented reality can be directed into assets in new ways. Key to harnessing this is a willingness from organisation to work in these new ways. Cultural change is critical if businesses are to adapt to the digital world. The success of Northumbrian Water's digital sprint event highlights what can be achieved in a short space of time if teams are focused on the same objectives. As Chris Jones pointed out to me, the key learning point from the week was that it's essential to have the right culture, both within the organisation and with its partners and stakeholders. Digital twins are all about rapid decision support, so it's essential to break down any silos associated with governance and decision making and the data and knowledge that supports those decisions. Although our original example of a voice-activated digital twin is fictional, GE have demonstrated that this technology exists and is used in the energy sector. Researching this episode threw up so many amazing examples of the power of digital twins that we are going to revisit it again in a few weeks. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Twin, end recording. Recording is ended and the file has been added into the system. Engineering Matters is a production of Ruby Media. Produced and hosted by me and Bernadette Ballantyne. 
Special thanks to Northumbrian Water Group, Newcastle University, IBM, Siemens, Atos, and our sponsor Bentley Systems who make incredible software for the infrastructure sector. Mixing and editing by John Young. Additional voices by Josh Henderson. Fact-checking by Ria Noin. Additional story development by Velo Mitrovic. A big thanks to Jim Robertson Moore. Our theme music comes from JM Sounds. Additional music from Pond5. Rory Harris is virtually our executive producer. We'll be back in two weeks with more. If you like this podcast please leave us a comment or review on your podcast app. This really helps others hear about us. Or simply tell a friend to have a listen. Engineering Matters can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Podcast Addict, Blueberry, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Engineer Matters or find us on LinkedIn and Facebook. Find out more about us online at rabi.media.